Ladies and gentlemen, sell me this pin. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? Showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. We give you movie news, movie rumors, and those all-important movie rumblings yeah. in the first half of the show. In the second half of the show, we'll talk about our chosen movie of the week. And uh, don't go away. We'll make sure we alert you to any spoilers that are coming your way. At the very end of the show, we'll give you our weekly recommends for all things movies, TV, book, pretty much anything awesome. We're going to let you know yeah. about it. Yeah. This week, we're going to be talking about which movie, Richard? We're going to be talking about Justin Bieber's current masterpiece, Believe. Oh, finally. I've been waiting for this for weeks, guys. No, we're uh, going to be t- we're going to be talking about Wolf Martin Scorsese's Wolf of me. Wall Street. Yeah. Is that your car on the lot? Yeah. Is yeah. Jag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much money you make? I don't know. 72,000 last month. You show me a pay stuff for $72,000 on it, I quit my job right now and I work for you. Hey, listen, I, I quit. Yeah, I'm going into stocks. My name is Jordan Belfort. At the tender age of 22, I headed to the only place that befit my high-minded ambitions. The name of the game? Move the money from your client's pocket into your pocket. But if you can make a client's money at the same time, it's advantageous to everyone, correct? No. So, guys, we're, we are, um, we're rounding out the year of movies. We are. This is uh, one of the last uh, three to five, I guess, of the year that I'm going to see, I think. Yeah. So... Like we've reiterated in the past few episodes, it's getting harder and harder with each movie to determine our favorites of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Mr. Scorsese's offering for for 2013. It was debated whether this movie would even come out this year due to a f- um, four-hour running time on the original original cut. And uh, so we'll talk more about specifics of Wolf of Wall Street uh, coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, but before we get uh, before we dive into movie news, guys, I would like to start out today's show uh, with a shout out as well. I want to shout out to some people who uh, reviewed us on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for doing that. Uh, this one's from They Call Me Patty, and his review is five stars and says the uh, subject line much better than film spotting. Uh, so I appreciate that. I believe yeah, film spotting film. is the uh, <laughs> the most popular movie podcast um, in the world. So that's a pretty good uh, compliment. Thank you. He says uh, these guys blend great movie knowledge with a good sense of humor. They make this po- they make a podcast much easier to listen to than other film pods like film spotting. Keep up the good work. Uh, so thanks. Uh, they call me Patty for that review, and I want to shout out to Command Entertainment who gave us five stars and said if you want a one stop shop. For a podcast for movies, this is it. It is very well produced, and the hosts know their stuff, and it is also quite entertaining. Awesome. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. If you want to shout out and want your name forever etched in Mad About Movies history, head on right. over to iTunes and leave us five stars. And if you guys could just do me a favor, Kent and Brian, and just call me Patty for the rest of the episode, I'd appreciate it. I will. I will but that wasn't Patty. me who wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> right now. 
I no, won't. thank you. That means a lot that you guys uh, – we love those those iTunes comments and the uh, right. stuff online We that that keeps us going. Because, it does. Uh, it's good to know uh, you're out there. And uh, we've been getting emails, and people are coming from uh, from all around. So if you want us to know where you live, just tell us where you're from on Twitter or something. We want to know where our listeners are from. It's hard to yeah. track analytics such as location. Right. It's so, hard uh, to uh, it's hard to invite you to our now you see me watching party if uh, if we don't know if you right. live around here. So, and that is going to happen in the next uh, in the next uh, prior to now you see me too. We which... might even go on tour and like take it, <laughs> like get a tour bus and just roll around yeah, the country. And we just That'd project awesome. the movie and we just we fill comedy clubs and we just talk over it. We could yeah. do that, right? Yeah. I- I mean, that's not the worst idea. Like, really, that's not the worst idea we've ever had. We did no. get in a uh, an email last week that said something to the effect that we had teased um, five episodes a, a week in December. Whoa. I, I feel like I said that phonetically when I said we're going to be releasing five episodes a week. I was saying that uh, yeah, you're in being, jest. You're I was being, being sarcastic. I don't know if you know, but we, like, we enjoy sarcasm on this show. Right. Uh, but – as far as the bonus episodes, uh, there's a few weeks here at the beginning of January that we're going to be able to go back and do a MacGruber or super bad episode or something. Uh, yeah. So if that's what you want, uh, don't worry. That stuff's coming. That's coming down the pipeline. There's and so much to do right now. There's with... this is just Oscar season, so and it's Christmas time, and it's it's hard yeah. to see all these all these films. So cut and, us a freaking break, okay? Cut us a break, guys. <laughs> just because you're alone and have no time to spend with your family doesn't mean we don't. So just <laughs> keep either. But we uh, we but have please um, keep listening. We like <laughs> we have. I wanted to point out that we have recorded like uh, I don't know sixty episodes this year, so that's more than one a week. That's right. So if we're if we're pulling if less than, than one that, a week, you're gonna have to start paying us. Yeah, which is sure. Fine. We'll we'll take it, but. You know. Throw us a bone if you want more than one a week, guys. Uh, but we're we're consistently one, sometimes two, uh, a lot of weeks uh, a week. So enjoy those. We, we didn't we even start until the end of January, too. So yeah, I mean, look, we're coming up on a year, so it's been a good year. We appreciate everything, but you got to bear with us. Uh, and and but we will have some goodies for you guys uh, for the one year anniversary. Oh, yeah. that's for sure. That is we'll that's coming it. up. We need to discuss that. Uh, to, I've already it. put a few things maybe in the works. Yeah, exactly. We need some to... cameo appearance, appearances. I'm, I'm working Ooh. on teaser. Cool. We'll forte. We'll forte in the house. Teaser. Uh, that'll be awesome. But uh, guys, let's uh, let's dive into some movie news before we before we talk Scorsese. Movie news. Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. So I guess we can. We haven't talked TV in a while. Uh, I guess we can talk a little bit of TV, uh, movie, or TV rumors rumbling. Have you guys seen Breaking Bad? I've heard of it. <laughs> now, what is that? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, how many times at Christmas did you get recommended or recommend somebody Breaking Bad? Every t- every person uh, that was like, man, I need, to, I need to watch a new show, somebody would say Breaking Bad before yeah. I, like anyone else could. It's like people were like dying to recommend Breaking Bad. Well, mine uh, was America's Next Top Model, but then Breaking Bad was a close second. Yeah, well, I prefer like I mean, after season thirteen, like America's Next Top Model just dropped off. Like it just true. wasn't as good anymore. That's true. You gotta, God bless you, Miss J. Yeah. Um, but so, um, one of our favorites on this on this show, we've joked about this before. Um, not joked, uh, laughed, but joked like uh, we hope to God this doesn't happen. 
Uh, guys, Matthew Perry's coming back to TV. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you were hoping and uh, hoping that Goon was coming back, his show on NBC, <laughs> uh, G-O-O-N. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, apparently, CBS is looking to... Um, get the draw, Matthew Perry business. Get the Matthew Perry old people business. And apparently, Matthew Perry has been tapped to star as... Uh, Oscar on a reboot of The Odd Couple. Oh, yeah. And which makes no sense to me because I feel like he would be a perfect Felix. <laughs> the complete opposite role. Um, but I'm not excited at all for this. And he, people just need to get the hint that uh, Friends is over. He can't carry a show. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, he can't yeah. carry a show. I, I actually, I really like Matthew Perry. I think he's good at the two or three things that he, that he does. And he seems like he's a decent human being for the most part, but he can't carry a show and none of them can. None none of the people from friends can carry a show on their own. The reason friends worked a, because it hit at just the right time, but also they worked as a, as a team. So I don't know why they can't figure this, uh, this out. It's not that, it's not that difficult. Stop giving him the starring role in, some in random sitcoms. Cougar Town begs to differ, but uh... <laughs> TBS's own Cougar, Cougar Town. Does anybody watch that? No, that's that has to have negative ratings. Like negative. I, no, there's no. It's been like its fourth season or something. Oh, well, it? but it's been shifted around, and now it, it, it's at TBS. Now it's like all oh, the yeah. new, all its new episodes are at TBS. Now I watched uh, maybe an episode or two in the first season. And I found it to be one of the most appallingly bad sitcoms I've ever seen in my life. I'm in the minority. You guys may be big fans. I I kind of uh, I hesitate to even say this because there's so much fan backlash. I think Scrubs sucks, and so uh-huh. the 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 from the creator of Scrubs thing doesn't really entice me on the whole Cougar Town front. Sure, I think I Scrubs like had Scrubs its moments, but, but I, Scrubs... overall, it's not one of my favorites. But um, I can see why you could think it sucks. Yeah, sure. I I really like Scrubs a lot, but but I'm with you still. Like just because the guy created Scrubs does not mean I want to watch Cougar Town or yeah. Minute. No, what's the? He's got another one on TBS, like the Ground Floor or something like yeah. that. I mean, I, I yeah, just, the guy from Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yeah, this is leading me into my what I wanted to ask. Does anyone watch TBS anymore? Because I feel like like when Conan went there. People were like, man, everyone watches TBS, but like ever since Conan went over there for some reason, like I'm not saying it has anything to do with him or him moving to TBS, but like hasn't it dropped off like significantly? I feel like it has. Yeah. I don't know. I you know what? Honestly it, it hasn't, and I'll tell you why, because they have the Big Bang Theory. Bang, like their okay. entire um Like I only watch it for like Seinfeld re uh right. reruns or like the office every now and then. And then I'll right. catch Conan, but uh I don't but, seek like, it out. Like I've a got year or so guy, ago, Big Bang Theory. Yes, like a year or so ago, uh, I think Hollywood Reporter had a, a like their their cover story was was Conan, and uh, there were in the in the interview or with, within the story there was an interview with uh, the CEO of TBS or president or something, and he basically laid out their business plan was surround Conan with reruns that get good ratings which are big bang theory and and family guy mostly big bang theory yeah. big bang theory gets crazy good ratings in syndication which is that was the whole foundation of, of tbs yeah it is it Beyond is K- and, and they bought up seinfeld back in the right day, so. right and so that's what they've done they're basically 
you know, surrounded Conan and, and his creative force. Cause he puts out a new show or two every year now, like, you know, that's Conan produced or whatever. And they just, whatever ratings they get on that is fine because they're getting killer ratings on, on uh, big bang theory. It's, it's kind of a strange business model, but it works. It's unfortunate them. because Big Bang Theory has knocked out Yes Dear's syndication run. And it's sad <laughs> to see that come to an end. But I, I did yes like Dear Yes Dear. Yes Dear is on like uh, fo- or, uh, Nick-, Nick at Night. Is it really? Yeah, I think so. It runs like right in the same range as like Fringe or Fringe as Friends and uh, Fringe. Uh, the Boy, George Lopez show. Richard's favorite show, the George Lopez show. Do you yeah. guys. I've never asked you this question either, and I'm surprised we've never had this talk in the however many hours we've done this podcast. Um, do you guys watch Fox? Like, um, I mean, I know you watch Almost Human, Brian, and like American Idol and X Factor and the Sing Off and the all the singing shows. But do you watch like Bones and Fringe and like the uh, Monday Fringe Night? Still on. Fringe is off. Yeah. Fringe is off. Okay, yeah, I don't even know. Is, but you watch Bones. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the yeah, hardcore I, Fox shows. I I would bet that I watch more Fox programming House. than I do. You watch do House. Other networks. I watch. Yeah, House is gone. Fringe was great. Fringe will definitely show up as a weekly recommend at some point. Um, Fringe yeah, because is they've good. got they've got Mindy and the New Girl. You watch all yeah. that stuff. I do. Yeah. I do. And I watch uh, Bones is like a show that is terrible, but I keep. I don't know. It's it's such a easy. Waste of an hour. I mean, it's got David Boreanaz and Joshua <laughs> John- Jackson. Yeah. So I mean, what, what no, that's do you want? French. Yeah, that's French. Stop confusing them, Ken. They're all the same. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Don't you get it? Yeah. No. Uh, uh, look, Bones. I don't think Bones is a good show at all. Um, but I have watched all of it, and so I just keep like it just stays on my DVR. And honestly, it ends up being one of the first things I watch just because I can put it on in the background while I'm doing other stuff, and I don't. You know, I don't care if I miss the major plot point because it's the exact same plot point as has happened a dozen times over. I, you know, it's it's not high quality programming, but it's better than to me. It's better than like what CBS can throw out because I'm more offended by bad jokes than I am reused plot. I guess. Sure, and uh, you you might be might be right on on that uh, analysis. Uh, did we ever talk about the Golden Globe? nominees for tv i don't think so i don't think so i don't even know if i've looked at them any anymore yeah uh what what's the um what's the deal with this this season's or this past fall's like tv shows brian have you heard anything like what what's staying around um what's the news on that front there hasn't been anything that's been canceled except for the stuff that we've noted before like um Betrayal on ABC. <laughs> Sean saves cool. the you. Sean saves the world. Yeah, well, that one I think is staying crazily <laughs> enough. Um, what? No, yeah, Sleepy <laughs> Hollow's done well. I think that was been like kind of the surprise hit of the year. I don't know. I think it's been a very strange year where it's like there. I don't know that there's been a major breakout hit, but I think everything has done fair. All the new stuff, anyway, has done fairly decently. Yeah. Uh, Shark Tank has been two nights a week recently. So sure. <laughs> we're getting more cubes. Yeah. Can't complain. Um, but I, I just wanted to ask. I didn't know if anything had had been, um, you know, canned, like like dramatically canned. Like, I don't, get the I don't F off so. our station now. 
Like it's been uh, a you know. it's been a strangely stable year, I guess, and I think part of that is due to we've we've talked many times before of the shift in viewership and and you know all the options that you have now to watch TV. I don't know that all the networks know exactly what to make of that. So I think we're in this weird period where bad ratings five years ago are now decent ratings. And so all the networks are still trying to kind of figure that stuff out. Like what is actually getting uh, good viewership and what, what isn't, especially when you factor in DVR numbers and, and things like that. It's an interesting, it's an interesting time to be a TV executive. That's for sure. Sure. Unless you're NBC and you can just keep putting crap out there and then not paying attention to what's actually happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so here are the nominees, the Golden Globe TV nominees. Uh, best best TV series drama, Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, The Good Wife, House of Cards, Masters of Sex. So I assume Breaking Bad will win that. Yeah. Um, maybe Dark Horse, House of Cards? Uh, I guess, yeah. I don't think it would be Breaking Bad, not to the last no. season. Uh Best Actress in TV Series Drama, Juliana Margulies, The Good Wife, uh, Tatiana Molslani from Orphan Black. Brian, you've yeah, seen that. Love it. Love it. She's awesome. Uh, Taylor, totally. Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black, who she's magnificent in that that show. Uh, Carrie Washington from Scandal and Robin Wright from House of Cards. Mm. Uh, so Best Actor in a TV Series Drama is Cranston, Leif Schreiber from Ray Donovan, Michael Sheen, Kevin Spacey from House of Cards, and Spader. So what is Spader, Michael Sheen on? Masters of Sex. Oh, okay. So uh, Spader going head-to-head with Cranston. Wow. Spacey is also in that category. So Cranston and Spacey, I see. I see Cranston winning that, too. Um, yeah. Best comedy series TV. Uh, no surprises here. Parks and Rec, Modern Family, Girls... Uh, the Big Bang Theory, and this is actually a surprise. Brooklyn Nine Nine nomination. Wow, for a comedy series. Go Parks sick. and Rec. No, no, noticeably absent. Arrested Development didn't get a nom- nomination yeah. for best series. Uh, best actress in a comedy: uh, Zoe Deschanel, Lena Dunham, Edie Falco, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and Amy Poehler. So JLD will probably win again. Yep. So we're still pretending like Nurse Jackie is a comedy? Okay. Yeah, and they're pretending like Orange is the New Black is a drama. Um, Yeah, okay. So that's the world that we live in, I guess. But JLD is like up for an Oscar this year probably too. Yeah, Uh, possibly so. We haven't mentioned her. But she's like the – I know we we haven't mentioned this on the show, but I've mentioned it to you. She's the Meryl Streep of TV. Uh, (laughs) It's like she needs to stop making shows so other – comedic actri- actresses can win awards you know she, she did like is, Seinfeld forever and then yeah. old Christine was on for like 10 years and then this Veep show too is she on. is so good on Veep she Veep is an incredible, incredibly like, talented actress she's very good that yeah. show really took off in its second season that is a that is a genuinely hilarious show and uh, Tony Hale won the Emmy for that and not not Arrested Development yeah <laughs> incredible He's, He's be- yeah, he's better on, on Veep than he was in that fourth season. Yeah. Criminally underused in uh, Arrested Development. I, would I say. think so, it was because he was filming Veep, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So best actor in a comedy series, uh, Bateman for Arrested Development, who we've said is not funny, so don't know why he gets keeps getting nominated. <laughs> um, Sam Bird for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Good for him. Michael J. Fox. Mm. Don Cheadle. Ugh. House also of not Life. a comedy. Also not Never a comedy. Never seen it. It's terrible. And, I don't. I don't understand it all. Sorry. And our favorite, Jim Parsons. <laughs> That's 
That's a given. Man, Modern Family got shut out on all yeah. that stuff. Do yeah, it, it does. For It has a couple years in a row at the Globes, but and then it crushes at the Emmys. It's it's weird. That's yeah. Odd. So uh, that's that's the Golden Globe nominees for TV. It looks pretty typical. Not a lot yep. of shockers, I'm sure, will be coming out of that one. Yeah, but st- hey, a little bit. Let's give them credit. House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Arrested Development. Yeah. Like, it's so, good to, yeah. to get a little new blood in there. That's good. That's good. That is quite a shift. But even the Emmys, like, recognized, like, the Netflix series. Right. Series. I don't know what the correct pronunciation of that is. But, yeah, that's quite a shift, and it's good to see because, like we've said multiple times, this a uh, lot of shows are coming to Netflix mm-hmm. uh, and online and stuff. And this is quite the uh, – I think 2014 and 15 is going to be a, the year, like, where, you know, like, mu- music shifted to iPods, you know, one year. It's like mm-hmm. nobody had CDs. Like I think in the next two years, like the cable box and TiVo is going to be like a thing of the past. You know, it's going to be like a, you'll buy a set top box or whatever and just get all your content on demand. Like so many, so many apps for like Google TV now that you can like ABC just released their Apple TV app and it's free and it's on there and you can watch all their shows on demand. Right. Like why would anyone watch freaking ABC anymore? <laughs> It, you yeah. sit through 30 seconds of commercials for on-demand entertainment, and it's you never miss an episode. You never even have to hit record on your on your DVR because it automatically shows up on there. It's so convenient and nice and great. They've, they've got to figure out sports. That's, yeah. and that's, that's coming. Netflix yeah. is. I heard Netflix is pushing for like NFL games. Wow. Yeah, I've heard that too. And uh, I've heard Netflix is pushing for uh, same day release for like theaters too. <laughs> Wow. Like you pay an upgraded like you pay the regular nine ninety nine for like Netflix the normal thing, but you can pay nineteen ninety nine a month and get like a movie, you know, get movies as soon as they go in the theaters or something. Like they're yeah. they're just they're battling piracy. Like you you know, you wouldn't believe. And they're trying to just figure out how can we make the most money now. And um it's gonna be like I mean, every year we get Less and less time between when a movie comes out and when it's on on either on HBO or on DVD. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Rush is already about to come out on DVD. <laughs> yeah, and we just saw that. Like we just saw that. I feel like right. it just it's kicked off this Oscars, and we saw it early, Ken. Yeah, that's right. And it's crazy to think about. Um, it's just shrink. It's a good thing. I mean, I'm not complaining at all. Because the sooner the better. The sooner I can take a movie home and watch it from when I see it in the theater, I think it's a better thing. But, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, I'm rambling here, but it's a crazy shift that's going on and with the no, studios it, and technology companies that's a ne- very necessary. And it's going to make watching movies in the next five to ten years much more yeah. enjoyable and convenient. So Yeah. I mean, it's coming. It's, de- it's definitely going to be uh, – this is the wave of the future. I don't think there's any question about it. If they could figure out sports – because really – the only thing that I, the only reason I, I continue to have my DirecTV over, you know, just paying for Hulu Plus and HBO Go and all that sort of stuff is is live sports and and being able to because yeah. I watch so much sports that I, I there's not a, a real way that I can get to a uh, you know an other other services or, or cut the cord I guess if you want to say that way uh, as long as you're a big sports fan like like we are so if they could ever figure that out 
um, I, I'd be happy to, uh, to walk away from DirecTV or cable or whatever e- immediately. What's holding it back is the NFL, really, because the NFL has refused to do like a, an app, you know, to mm-hmm. stream all their games. I mean, they had the Red Zone channel, which is awesome. Incredible. They had to bring that to like a, a greatest day an ever app. yesterday. Yeah, Red it? Zone yesterday was oh uh, so awesome. I'm yep. jealous, man. I wish I could have seen it, but like they're every other league. Like if you have an Apple TV, like if you guys haven't invested one by now, I suggest doing it. It's like less than a hundred bucks, and you get so much. It's just a great way to consume content. But they have like MLB, NHL, MLS, and NBA all have apps on there. And you pay like what a flat fee, like a hundred bucks, and you get the entire season, every game from every team. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's it. And that's what I want. Uh but the NFL is what's holding it back as far as that. But Brian does that's that could be an option for you. Like if you're worried about like, man, I I don't want to cancel my cable because I'm gonna miss the map season. Like if you could do that. Right. And, yeah. Um, that's, might that's be blacked a out. The issue with that, yeah, is the blackout for your yeah. local team. It blacks then, out your local. But teams. you can, there's workarounds for blackouts, like. Proxy. But there needs to be. Yeah, I, I know there are workarounds, but that there doesn't there shouldn't have to be a workaround. You know what I mean? If yeah. you if they're going to go this direction, which I think it is, it's just you know, look, all these industries hate change because it hurts. They feel like it hurts their bottom line, um, which I understand. But if we get to a point where you don't work around. You just hey, you pay ten dollars a month for the NBA app, and you get all these games. And there's no, it's in HD, and there's no blackouts, and it's whatever. Then I'm I'm in. I'm in. There's no question. Yeah. But you have to make it. You have to make it easier for me, and and probably much easier for the average person. Like we're kind of we're a, we're ahead of the curve. I would I would say you know ahead of the average American when it comes to that stuff. So for that group, you have to make it much, much easier than cable or DirecTV or whatever else in order to get customers. Yeah, or to really, What's to really it, break yeah, it. It's the teams that – you know, the teams that are, are the ones that sign these individual deals with TV, TV networks, you know. Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that's the reason the Rangers can go get Prince Fielder and right. Shin Chu Chu right. in one offseason because they just the signed NFL a billion-dollar deal with Fox, you know. Uh, yeah. The Until NFL that breaks it breaks down, it won't change. What? Yeah. So the NFL is the only one that negotiates as a league. They're basically yeah. a socialist institution. Yeah. Um, and so they're 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 the only one that once they figure out a league pass type thing, it would it would be easier to figure out for them. They probably. do have a league pass, but it's strictly under TV, and there's yeah. no app, I believe. No, there's right. no app. I just so. mean, but when they do figure it out, it won't be team specific, right? Whereas right. the other leagues, you'll have to wait for your team to come around. So if you're you know, a Dallas Mavericks fan, that's probably a good thing. If you're a, uh, you know, a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, it might take a little longer. Right, <laughs> uh, yeah. Depending on your owner and their aversion or excitement towards technology. But uh, the blackout issue is solely a local thing, though. Like, if you're a Mavs fan, like, Brian, if you move to, like, Kansas. Oh, yeah. And no, you can get the the thing on Xbox and watch every Mavs game, no right, problem. Right, but that doesn't like, mean no good here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah like, true. That's, like, that's the thing. That's, no, just move yeah. to Kansas, though. I mean, that's but yeah. that you know what that's what the the Texas the Dallas Mavericks want. They don't want you to be able to watch the games uh, in all uh, its glory without a either paying paying for it or b right. going to the game itself. Yeah. Right. You know, they so don't, they have to find. They want a way people to... to come to the game, so they right. have to find ways around uh, making it that convenient. 
it right. sucks, that's but that's just it'll, the reality. Yeah. That will change eventually. Yeah. But is it going to be five years or 25 years? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the thing. You have to make it – you have to get all these various industries. And the movie industry is – I think is the worst. Because you're right, Kent. If the NFL – has some comes up with some great idea of how to stream this and how to uh, get an app that works on all these different and makes it convenient for everybody. Everybody else will follow suit because everybody's following the lead of the NFL when it comes to this stuff. The movie industry is the worst when it comes to accepting change. I mean, I think even worse than the music industry in a lot of ways. Um, so it, it's going to take whatever it may be. It takes forever for these industries to come around on the benefits of whatever the new technology mm-hmm. is. But when it gets to that point, man, it's going to be awesome. I just, I'm just saying for me, I cannot cut my, cut my cable cord or my direct TV cord until I know I can watch. Oh, I'm the exact same way. That's the only yeah. thing keeping me from, from cutting the cord is local sports. Yeah. It really is the only thing. So yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's something we're going to have to deal with. And, it sucks. and Courtney Kerr's, uh, yeah, in her show. Yeah. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Any other movie news, rumors, rumblings you guys want to mention uh, before we move on to talk about this this movie we just, we saw? Nope. Let's no. hop nope. in. I got nothing. Let's do cool. it. Cool. Let's do it. Let's talk Wolf of Wall Street. I started my own firm out of an abandoned auto body shop. We will be targeting the wealthiest 1% of Americans. I love three things. I love my country, I love Jesus Christ, and I love making people rich. Hello? But I needed to mold them in my own image. With this script, I'm going to teach each and every one of you to be the best. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to let one of you guys uh, 
take take the reins uh, to begin with on this one. Oh, uh, here's Bry Guy. So Bry Guy, I guess. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street is one we've been talking about and anticipating for a while. The Kanye West yeah. trailer got us super hyped right from the beginning. So, Brian, give us initial thoughts uh, now on Scorsese's Wolf of Wall Street. I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to say about this um, because I'm a very opinionated person. I think if anybody has listened to our podcast, I mean, I, I think that's pretty clear about me. And, you know, I I very rarely am lacking for an opinion. Um, and I, I don't lack an opinion here. I don't know that I've ever been more confused as to how I feel about a movie as I, as I am with this one. Like if you told me that this was your number one movie of the year, I could not in any way argue with you. And I'm, I'm kind of leaning that way myself, I guess. But I also, if you, if you pointed out a thousand flaws and said, this is why this movie is not any good at all. I think I could probably get on board with that too. It's, this is a really, really interesting film and uh i honestly guys i don't know i really don't know exactly how i how i feel about it as a as a whole there are definitely well, tell us how you feel brian that are magnificent <laughs> um and i think it's a film that is begging for discussion so again i'm excited to talk to you guys about it and that's that's really cool i think scorsese did that on purpose to make this a discussion piece as much as a film um from a narrative standpoint, I think that it is kind of weak and somewhat lacking. And I'm not sure if that with Scorsese, he's such a, such a master of the craft. Like, you know, I think he's a guy that's like, you almost, if he made a bad movie, there would be tons and tons of people who would say that it's a great movie because he was intending to do this with it. You know what I mean? And so it's hard to, I think he's a guy that's hard to figure out his intentions. So narratively speaking, I think this is a fairly weak film, but I can't, I don't know if that makes it a I don't know if that makes it a bad film or or if that's what he was trying to go for is showing the repetitiveness and the depressing nature of the excess that is on full display within the film. So, um I, I, anyway, I I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to sure. say and uh I, I I watched it with a buddy and we we drove home uh, together and the, you know, 25 minutes in the car and we just, the whole time we just talked about it, trying to figure out um, nice. where, we, where we stood. So, I, which is great. I love that. I love well, that. Well, remember some of the, and, some of the uh, topics y'all talked about. I'll, I'll try, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. And uh, I, man, this is a, this is, I think this is the type of movie that is built for our current era of, of debate like this. Cool. Sure. Richard. Well, it's definitely, you're right. I mean, it's definitely a, uh, a lot of the questionable decisions of the film are made of the film. I sound like I sound like pretentious McGee or Brian. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was redundant. Um, but <laughs> no, uh, some of the choices I think you're dead on, Brian. Are, are like very um, pointed and, and and purposeful, right? Of okay. of it. So you're right with I think like the kind of the, the uh, repeating nature of of things and how. Um, shallow, all those things are. There's definitely a lot to be said um, about that. And then I think a lot of it also is just that they they didn't really have enough time to edit it well. It's like sure. a really great film that's like just too much. Um, like I, it bums me out because obviously you can't have this movie come out in March. 
Um, but I wish this had always been like targeted for like a July or August release, and they pushed it back to now, right? Because like it's sure. just, it didn't feel quite done yet, and uh, and like I'm not a person that's really scared of a runtime. If a movie warrants it, it warrants it. Um, so I'm not totally done with the runtime, but it was just kind of messy in some ways. And and uh, it, like like you said, I think a lot of them are are on purpose. And obviously, who am I to criticize Martin Scorsese? Uh, but allow me to begin doing so now. Um, <laughs> and a lot of them are, are definitely on purpose, but I think a lot of it might just be, oh crap, it's November twelfth. I got to get a cut of this in. Uh, yeah, this will do. Kind of thing is what yeah. I felt when watching sure. it. Right. And I, I got, I can, I see what you're saying. It's like it's a three, it's a three hour film, and it feels incomplete. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. Yes. <laughs> Not yes. with the, unless you're doing like a war epic or something. It shouldn't feel like that. Maybe they could have done like um, might have even been cool if they had done like an intermission. You know, like yeah. made it four hours but given us an intermission, a fifteen minute break or something. I could have mm-hmm. probably done that, but one sitting, I couldn't have done a four hour Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, and we won't. We will not see the director's cut because Scorsese doesn't do those. Right. So that sucks. But um, just imagine the stuff they cut out. Wow. I read the the first bit of the screenplay, which you can download on the studio's Oscar website and then check out. Uh, there's like it goes from like immediately from like scene eight to like scene nineteen in the screenplay. Like they cut out like so much stuff wow. in this movie. Um, so a lot of stuff, at the, especially at the beginning, uh, mm-hmm. with, with DiCaprio's first wife and right. stuff like that, which I'm sure I'm kind of glad they cut that out if they did. But, uh, so this movie is definitely, uh, not, I wouldn't rank it as one of Scorsese's best films. Um, it, I mean, it probably is, um, for any other director, this would be their, their best work, but Scorsese's got such a a incredibly diverse resume. It's mm-hmm. hard for me at this point in time to to determine where where it ranks there. Uh but this is definitely his most um uproarious film. It's just a debaucherous sort of ride um the mm-hmm. entire time. It's felt sort of like uh I don't know, not this is a hypothetical like Scorsese's he's like, man, those freaking uh man that Project X movie did really well at the box office. Wonder what I wonder if I could do one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, this I is like his version of like an adult Project X or something. <laughs> it's just, just so so um I respect this movie for the fact that it doesn't it makes no attempt to censor itself whatsoever. Yes. I mean the first uh two minutes of the movie is just the maybe the raunchiest thing you'll see all year on the screen. Yeah. Um, involving DiCaprio and a lady of the night and a straw. It's just crazy that the way that Scorsese paces his films, like, yeah, I'll just throw it out in the beginning. That'll work. That'll be good. But it's, so it starts off with like this fake commercial and um, it's like, we're a, we're a firm of integrity. And then they right. cut straight to midget tossing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this movie was just chock full of like uh, back and forth like that. Um, a little unfortunate, guys, though, that McConaughey was only in this film for like one scene. I know. Because <laughs> it was know. awesome. 
He's so great. Uh, that disappointed me. Because when he started out, like he was so good, and then it just didn't really come back to it. Uh, I'm sure he's doing other stuff, but uh, but guys, like I agree, Brian. Like this movie was, uh, I can respect a conversation about it, mm-hmm. and I I want to have a conversation about it, which is why we're even on this to begin with. But it doesn't. It's not my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. I I liked American Hustle, probably exponentially more i enjoyed this movie uh it wasn't as cinematic as i i wanted it wasn't as well shot as i had wanted it to be Man. very traditionally shot um if it gets any oscar noms i think it should be for editing because like the editing in the beginning especially was very good it's very well paced the narration throughout uh definitely helps the pacing uh like when it starts to drag we get a really fast fastly edited like narration sequence uh narrated by dicaprio really helped the movie move along it's like goodfellas-esque yeah uh, and i i love that man um i, I love i love that scorsese's little signatures um but those are just my initial impressions and we'll do a little bit of specifics uh right now um performances uh dicaprio was was fine i mean what more you you just expect the same stuff out of him really uh every time it's not like this was anything uh incredible i wasn't uh i disagree yeah. I, I think it was good i think it's definitely in his top 3 performances but uh there are much more like the departed for instance much more oscar caliber work that he's done um, but if this gets him an Oscar, I'm totally glad because if they use this as man, DiCaprio is a great actor. He should have gotten one already. Let's, this is his year. You know, if they, if they do that, that's totally fine. I understand that'll be great, but it wasn't my favorite, uh, favorite DiCaprio, but it was good. And he's solid. I mean, what more can I say? He's just solid, but what do you, what are your thoughts, Brian? I think this is his best performance. Honestly, I think, um, this way, uh, there's a couple of scenes in here, like especially the uh, the scene when uh, he's he's speaking on the mic to his his crowd um, right before they start selling the Steve Madden IPO. Yes, that's that to me is the best scene of the year, like in any movie that I've seen. Like he Those were great, crushed yeah. it, and he's got the complexity of this role to me is off the charts to play this. This character, and this is really the whole movie. Uh, the whole movie is is from his perspective, right? Like it's the whole the whole I plan is to put you in the shoes of this kid Jordan Belfort and to show you what a miserable life that he lives. But in the process of doing that, you have to show how much he is enjoying this terrible life that he's living. And I thought that he he struck an insanely perfect balance between those two sides of the coin, you know, of, yeah, you have to play it to where he's having a blast. Um, but you also at the the same time, this is a completely unlikable character in every way, shape and form. Um, and it's so difficult to play a truly unlikable character and still keep the audience. I don't think anybody, I, I certainly wasn't, I don't know, maybe you guys are different, but, I don't, and I don't think the intention of the film is to make you root for this character at all. 
Um, I think it, and we see that every once in a while, right? We see, yeah, uh, like Don Draper on Mad Men is a great example, and, and Cranston on uh, or uh, Walter White on on Breaking Bad is the same way. Like, makes horrible decisions, really becomes a terrible person by the end of the the film. No matter what his intentions were at the beginning, terrible person. But you root for him, and you you want him to succeed. Don Draper is the same way. We see movies that do that the same thing. You're not supposed to like this character at all. And it is so difficult, especially in a three-hour movie where you're the main focus for the entire three hours. It is so difficult to still be – to still hold your attention for that whole time um, when you're playing such a miserable character. Um, I, I think – I honestly, I do. I think this is – it's, it's certainly not my favorite – I think Catch Me If You Can is my favorite yeah, that's, Leonardo DiCaprio performance. That, was, that would probably – The Departed and and Catch Me If You Can are probably my, my top two. Right. So. But I think this is his I, – I think this is his masterwork. And maybe there's – maybe if you took the entire thing and put it together, the entire three hours, you, you, you'd find weak spots or, or you'd find a lot of peaks and valleys or something and, and maybe – some of those departed departed is amazing. He's amazing in that film. I'm not, I think he's an incredible actor. He's one of our most talented uh, performers. So, you know, look, comparing Blood one of his movies to another. Really good. Yeah. Uh, he's great. And I mean, everything yeah. he does, he's great in inception. He's great yes. in shutter Island, which yes. totally gets forgotten, but he's magnificent in that movie. Um, and Gangs that's basically just a scare yeah. flick, you know, uh, Gaines, New York, all these things. He's great. He's a great actor. Um, if I had to vote, I would say this is his best best performance. I think he is it's just such a tough task to make this sort of a horrible, miserable person. Yeah. Uh in This gosh, is Oscar Caliber right work. I, I I agree with you. This is uh like I said, if he gets the award for this, totally understandable. And there were moments in this stuff where I said, Man, that's that's the best I've ever seen DiCaprio. But I don't feel that this is a good enough movie to put him over the edge for that. Do, do you agree okay. with that? I, I like don't I like, know, man. like I feel I like Twelve know. Years a Slave is such a great movie that that fact, along with the performance that he gave, will put him over the edge for the award. And I like 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 McConaughey was great in Dallas Buyers Club, but it's not going to be talked about enough probably to garner him to get the oscar uh this maybe will but um i don't know i just don't know if it's um like if he didn't win for the departed why would he win for this yeah i mean because the departed won best picture and he didn't even win it's like is he is throw this guy a bone like give him the award give him the award that's why just give him the award this year like it's really tough if i had he's gonna how many more does he have to make like how many more great well, movies this is guy to make. The good news is he's going to keep doing it because this yeah. is not a guy. I mean, he is serious about the craft of acting. And so this is not a guy who's going to like, well, you guys just won't give me my props, so I'm going to go and start doing, you know, crappy uh I'm going to go the Adam Sandler route and just make some really bad movies. I mean, he's he made a few bad movies early in his career and I think that he is done with with anything of the sort. Um so we're going to keep getting great performances like this out of him. If I had to vote today, and maybe it's it you know this is the movie that's probably freshest on my mind i'll i'll when i make my list and stuff like that next week i'll i'll look over this thing i think i would vote for 
for DiCaprio for for best actor, like for the winner. It, it personally, um, I don't know that that's going to happen. I think she would tell Eva Four is probably pretty close to a lock as far as the winner in that category goes. But um, man, I think he was just he was absolutely magnificent, and I. I don't know where the film is going to fall, honestly. Like, even as we're talking, I don't even know what a grade I'm going to give this at the end of the episode, which is really weird. I don't ever have that experience. But, um, man, he is – he's just magnificent in this role. I agree. No, I, I can't argue with you, Brian. But um, given the circumstances like this, if he wins this year, more power to him. <laughs> if he beats out all these other actors – Right. If, if this year of all years to win the award would be awesome for Leo. Right. Um, Richard, what did you think of his, his work here? I'm always uh, wildly impressed in him, and uh, this is no different. I, I you know, I, I, I do kind of side with you, Ken. I mean, obviously there's actors that win that where movies aren't necessarily uh, best pictures sometimes. Um, I don't know. I think, look, for some reason, they, they, you know, sometimes he's not even nominated for these great movies. Uh, there's definitely, I, I just don't know if this was good enough to really push him over the top, even if it is, even if it is, if it is deserved. I, I have a weird feeling. I'm going to go ahead and, and go out on a limb on this because I think it's getting some later buzz. I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to win Best Actor. Okay. Oh, that would be awesome. I really do. For some you know reason, how upset I was last year that yeah. the master got snubbed. For some but. reason, I, I have a feeling that her is going to uh, get like a late push um, release-wise and push him over. I don't think she would tell will win just because of the other big names in it. And for some reason, they don't like Leo, which I don't understand. Um, yeah, I think Joaquin, Joaquin being nominated the last couple years is kind of – you know has him fresh in the Academy's brain. And I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and for my early call say he's going to win Best Actor. Interesting. Well, speaking of her, uh, nice little Spike Jones sighting in this film. Yeah. As the uh, um, penny penny stock broker. Yep. At the beginning, always good oh, to see right. him acting. Um. So yeah, I liked how the progression of the character. I like how they sort of showed his journey from nothing to riches. Uh-huh. Um, I appreciated the back and forth there. Um, but it, it was – this is a clever movie. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this film a lot. Um, but it's um, – there's just so many good movies this year, and I'll yeah. I'll talk – I'll compare it to some later. But um, I, I love the um, – how he learned the, the technique from the penny stock guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like basically used that and made himself rich on it. And I got – I guess no one – we never found out what happened to Spike Jones' character. I guess he right. never really got credit for his methods, but um, the scene where where DiCaprio is like uh, making his first sale at the penny stock place, you know, yeah, on the phone, magnificent, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome scene. work, yeah, uh, great scene, great performance, great shot, great camera work there too. Yes, yeah, and um, there were there were some great moments in this movie, uh, definitely. Uh, did you like this, you, Jonah Hill? Um, he, this is probably a better acting performance than he gave in, in Moneyball. Yeah. More of a stretch. It's more of a stretch for him. Yeah. We've never seen him do really anything. That's not just Jonah Hill. I mean, other than really Moneyball and that he was, that was just all Moneyball was, was just quiet. Jonah. Yes. Quiet Jonah Hill. 
I don't think he gets nomination here because his character is not as significant to the storyline as he was in Moneyball. Um, but good stuff from Jonah Hill here. Funny work. Uh, how how awesome must Jonah Hill f- feel? <laughs> yeah. To be like, man, uh, you go from doing the Brad Pitt thing and then like, man, Scorsese and DiCaprio handpick you for their next mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And then like, you've got the Dub Street movies that you write and produce. And yeah, you just get to go off. goof off with Channing Tatum when you're in between these. Yeah. He's apparently got another one, another serious movie coming out where he plays like a, a cop or something or – uh, some or a reporter or something like that, an yeah, investigative a, reporter, I think. Yeah, it is. I'm looking it up now. Here, it's called not Getaway because that was yeah. the one that came out this last year. What's it called? Hideaway or something? I don't know. It's got Franco in it too. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, him and Franco. Franco plays a serial killer that he like follows around. Yeah, but apparently he's really psyched on that movie. So yeah, we'll have to. That'll probably come out next year. Uh, around this time, so we'll talk about that then. But um, is it the Lego Movie? No, I'm just kidding. It's called True Story. <laughs> True Story. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's him and Franco and Gretchen Mall. Yeah. And uh, who directed that? It's Rupert Gold. Okay. I'm looking up and see what else he did here. I, I don't know. I uh, heard, he's I think... a theater guy. He's kind of like a um, Sam Mendes type. Yeah. I heard. Um... I don't know. I think I was listening to like Mark Maron's show or something, and he was on there, and he was just gushing about that movie. Yeah, about how he he's so excited for it. So, yeah, that, we'll talk about that one. I'm sure next year. But uh, the supporting cast was really strong. Yeah, in the in the Wolf of Wall Street. Margot Robbie, Dibs, John John Bernthal from yeah. uh, Shane from The Walking Dead. Right, oddly, really good actor that I had no idea he was so good. Uh, you can't really tell from The Walking Dead, especially the early stuff. Yeah. Um, because spoiler alert, he doesn't make it long in that show, long enough to develop his character. But the uh, choice to choice for him was good. Uh, sporting cast was all was all really solid here. What did you guys think of uh, any of the supporting performances? Brian, I guess go ahead. Yeah, Jonah was great. Uh, Stinking Rob Reiner was Rob awesome Reiner, as, yes. the, as the dad. Gosh, was really just, I mean, really kind of perfect to play that role. Um, and so cool to see him. I always, I, same as Spike Jones. like it's cool to see, I, I like when directors step into other directors' movies as an actor, you know, and, and kind of um, get to show, it, it always seems like they get to do something different than what they're used to doing. I, I don't ever, I don't think I've ever seen Rob Reiner in that kind of a role before. So that was kind of cool. Um, man, Margot Robbie was great, and and you you kind of don't expect her to be great because that's such a such an easily thrown away type of a who role, was you know the blo- that you're talking about his wife yes like Margot the blonde Robbie. girl yeah yeah who was she I don't think I've ever she's, seen her before but I was she's just in about wondering. time she was in about time yeah yeah she's Australian that's... she's she's apparently having an affair with Will Smith right now I mean all kinds of she looks like Emma Stone to me for some reason yeah in certain scenes like a model but, like a blonde Emma Stone yeah, yeah. but yeah. man what a great she was awesome. fine she that, is that's such a role that so easily is complete and utter garbage you know because yeah. it's just there's there's so little to it, but she, man, she yeah. does so much with if, it. If um, Amber, if Amber Heard plays that role, none of yes, us notice or care. Exactly, that's that's exact. Seriously, two sides. That's exactly who I thought of <laughs> when I when I came out of that movie. Um, no, I mean, 
really solid acting across the board. Jonah Hill was really good. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I would, if I had a vote, I would give him uh, a, uh, I think that's likely. Yeah, I could see that. He's no, really I, in with that Hollywood crowd too. Yeah. 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 That's, it's a it. weird political thing. The whole it is. It is. Um, It'll be like him against, uh, who Fassbender for 12 years and like, uh, Bradley Cooper, probably mm-hmm. for Hustle. Sure, it'll be a competitive year for supporting actors too. Right, we'll yeah, talk absolutely. about that. Um, Kyle Chandler's awesome. Yeah, he is. Movie, by the way, I love Kyle Chandler. Friday Night Lights. I don't think I've ever shows. seen Kyle Chandler like cuss on screen. He was going off, dude. He, he was going off in this movie. It just felt weird to me. I was like, I really don't think I've ever seen this guy like cuss, yeah. cuss like in any of his work. It's like, yeah. and don't quote me on that. He probably has. It just felt. Uh, yeah, it felt like kind of a stretch for him to play. What this was part. that weird movie we watched this summer with the two Spectacular kids? Spectacular now. Yeah. yeah. He and that was by far the best scene in the whole movie was was the scene with him. I, I yeah. thought. Anyway, Same here. Was, no, I love him. He was great in Argo too. Yeah, he was. In Zero Dark Thirty. Good 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 twelve months for him, for sure. Yeah. These kind of smaller roles that he is so good at playing. I would have loved to see more McConaughey, like you said at the the beginning. Yeah, the further I get from Spectacular now, the more I hate it. I just want to say that. (laughs) The um, speaking of the director cameos, John Favreau cameo. Yeah, yeah, strong cast, strong cast all around. And look, if Scorsese says calls and says he wants to have you in a movie, you do it, right? I mean, that's sure. I'd like to go ahead and extend that if. We're just uh, lucky he didn't. Marty co- calls either of us. We're, we'll, we will happily drop what we're doing and, and absolutely you know, uh, speak for yourself, Richard. <laughs> I don't know about that. You only work with uh, if the money's yeah. right. I'll do it. Let's just say right. But we're lucky he that's didn't call Tarantino for this. Too. We didn't get any Tarantino acting, so that's good. Oh, <laughs> any yeah. movie, Coming every movie we can get without Tarantino acting. Great good. Django performance last year. Cool. Yeah, uh, John Desjardins in this. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Best silent film performance he gave in 2011. Great. Best silent performance of 2011. Easily. Easily. It's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. Um, this Man, the drug addict aspect of this was insane. The pills. Yeah. Uh, the lemons. That scene in particular. is remarkable. The, when, the, uh, when the lemons kick in is just, yeah. wow. That's next level. This, they're not the same kind of lemons that Corey uses. Right. Oh, yeah. Two M's. The uh, the the scene with the Ferrari, where yeah. where DiCaprio is driving the Ferrari when he's on the limits, yeah. I was losing it. I was crying when he was crawling to the Ferrari. It's <laughs> and it's he incredible. opens the Ferrari yeah. with this. He's such a good physical and it, comedian. Like, drags him up the Ferrari. It's it's oh it's awesome. Gosh. And the best part, and I think this plays into really the entire movie and the and the bigger. Point of the movie that I, that I want to I want to put something out there is uh, it's not the the reason that's so funny is because it's not played for comedy you know yeah. that's a yeah. that was a straight interpretation of what is you know what this this moron did in his life and it's never I, Scorsese never once in this movie tries to make you laugh at the horrible things that this guy does and, and that's also that happen to him. You know, and that's what makes too. it so good. The, the thing to keep in mind, and the reason the character is likable on some level, is that he, I mean, all this comes from the book he wrote about it. Like, he understands right. it. He's self aware. He turned into a decent human being later in life, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what kind of makes him redemptive in a way, because you know that redemption, redemption is inevitably coming. And so you, you kind of like, 
that's why it's funny because you can watch it and know that all all's well that ends well, I suppose. Right, and I but I also think Scorsese almost went out of his way here to like I, I don't know. This maybe is taking it in a different direction, but um, one of the things that I saw about this movie coming in was the the outcry of glorification of of horrible people, um, and to that I would say. If you've watched this movie, I don't think there's any way you can possibly interpret this as a glorification of what these people are doing. Like, everything – I I really believe he went out of his way – like, almost like they sat down before they started shooting the movie and said, okay, even if it means this movie drops from an A-plus to a C, we're going to make sure that we do not glorify what what these people did. And and we're going to show this to be – the sad ridiculousness that it, that it really was. Um, I mean, he, there's never, I don't think there's ever a point in the, in the movie that tries to make you feel anything but, but loathing towards the character. And you laugh because there's funny things that happen when you're acting like an idiot. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's what happens, but um, it's never played for a joke, which is kind of a stroke of genius for me, in my opinion. Yeah. I I agree. The um the scene where DiCaprio gets in a fight with his wife and he like tears apart the couch cushion. Yeah. And starts doing cocaine. I was that was an incredible uh, acting uh performance there too mm-hmm. from Mr. Mm-hmm. DiCaprio. Wow. It was. Yep. That was another moment where my jaw kind of dropped in this film. Um the <laughs> where they used like the cocaine as a uh, they they parallel it with his uh, kid watching Popeye on the TV, right? And like yeah. the Popeye song plays with the spinach when he's taking cocaine and he gains strength and stuff. <laughs> was a stroke of genius too uh, from Mister Scorsese. Yeah, uh, I doubt that was in the in the book unless he said it felt like taking cocaine <laughs> felt like taking Popeye's spinach, right? Which he just interpreted that here, but it was um, uh, f- quite funny. It's it's amazing how funny Scorsese is, and his mm-hmm. his comedic timing is spot on. He, yeah, he's known for like Goodfellas, which is funny. I mean, Pesci's hilarious in Goodfellas, but for not not the right reasons. You know, not the reasons you would normally uh, count as comedy. Uh, the let's anything um, generic you guys want to mention before we head into spoiler territory uh, for this one. Uh, no, I don't think so. Great music. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it was a good, really good music. Uh, Richard, anything you want to mention? No. All right, here we go. Uh, Spoilers coming up right now for The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, So we made the parallel earlier to Catch Me If You Can, uh, or we just mentioned Catch Me If You Can earlier, but there is a parallel to be made. Sure. uh, With the, all right, we've caught you. Now you're going to come work for us now. Right. Uh, That was very similar to that. and I realize it's detrimental to the plot line, but uh, that was that was quite similar. And it's hard, it's it's impossible not to make that um, comparison with these, especially with the same actor uh, there <laughs> in the sure. lead role. Uh, but what did you guys think of the end? Like how he got caught? Uh, the, I love the scene with the bugging him with Jonah Hill, uh, yeah, and the whole yellow note. Um, thing was was awesome, uh, but what did you guys think about the end, uh, Richard? 
I, yeah, that that was the part to me that was still a little messy of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and so... Yeah, um, why would he leave the note? Yeah. I, I don't know. But they uh, did. I mean, it was just a clever way to uh, to catch him. But yeah, I just it's just think stupid it was... that he would think to leave. Like, it was his idea to bring the note. Why leave it? Yeah. You know, uh, that that's a little fuzzy, but... Uh, yeah, There's a lot ahead, of that sorry. stuff that needed to be cleaned up. I thought, and that's what. Like I, I said, this movie is is incomplete. It really yeah. is. This is like a preview of this guy's debaucherous life. Like, imagine yeah. the stuff. Imagine the stuff that was too hardcore for this movie yeah, that they cut out. Like, think about yeah, that. Definitely. Uh, insane. Uh, what did you? Uh, what are your spoiler thoughts, Brian? Yeah, no, I think you guys said it, but uh, this. The, the major problem with the movie beyond just kind of the, the, the messiness of it is the, from a narrative standpoint, so like most movies are either kind of go like a mountain, right? So they climb the mountain and then they come back down the mountain or maybe it's closer to like a bell curve. This is like, like you started 12 feet from the tip of Mount Everest and then Mount Everest turned into the longest plateau of all time and then you just dive off a cliff on the other side, right? So there's... There's almost no origin or, or beginning point, which I was okay with. And then you spend like an hour and a half, two hours hanging out in the, uh, you know, in the, the excess period of his life. Mm-hmm. And then you just almost very too quickly, let's be honest, too quickly, you, you have to move into, and this is why I, you know, this is the consequences of my actions. And it, it, it moves too fast at that right. point. From what it, uh, you know, from from how long we spent in the excess period. So I, that's my major complaint with the film. That's why I'm still not sure how I feel about it, just because it 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 doesn't flow so well from a narrative standpoint. And you guys are both are both right. If they could have spent some time uh, in editing and and gotten this down to the point that it needed to be at, then it probably is a. This might be a, in you know iconic film that we're talking about in 20 years. I don't know that it's going to be that now. Um, and that I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit sharper end or, or maybe even a little more time spent in that, in the third act. Sure. I agree. And this is a, don't get me wrong and don't misinterpret what we're saying. This is a best picture caliber film. It, it yeah. truly, truly is. Uh, but this year, unfortunately, it's just so, Hard like if this movie wins, I'm not. I can't say that wasn't the best movie of the year because there are five, maybe even ten that are that good that you could honestly just draw a name out of a hat, and I would be happy with what sure. you pick. So man, this um this ranks up there, and then it'll be another one we we you know talk about come into the year here when we make our uh, final determinations for our top ten lists uh, of the year. And maybe maybe worst of the year too. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but uh, I don't know. Brazzy, maybe no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brazzy nominations did come out, so we're gonna have to talk about that on a future episode. That'll Sweet. be good stuff. Uh, but um, grade, uh, Brian Gill. Time has come. Grade for Wolf Wall Street. It's so tough. There's uh, uh, because, like I said, acting wise, incredible film. Uh, I think the shot selection in this movie is just off the charts good um just narratively shots not, what do you, you mean uh, the takes they chose or the yes, cinematography yes. I, 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 both i i think it was incredible you said at the beginning you didn't love the the cinematography there I, were well, so knowing many scorsese like i expect so much that's and true it was there there were very few moments there were i mean there were some but there were 
in a three-hour film, there were not as many as I wanted from from this. I, like American I, I, Hustle to me was shot way better than Wolf of Wall Street, but that uh, might just be I, me. I, yeah, I can't I can't go with you there. I mean, I get that, but I I can't I, go. Art there. is subjective, so um, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I, look, I think for for, a guy, for most people, for a guy like me, I don't notice cinematography unless it's great or terrible. You know what I mean? So there were so many shots in this that just stuck out. Um, there was a 360 shot in this, and now you see me 360 <laughs> when he's on stage giving the speech. They do. They, that kind of just dizzied me a little bit. That's sure. that was when I first started thinking. I was like, "Wow, maybe this isn't a very good shot film." I I, I wasn't paying attention until that point, but then I was sure. like, "Oh there, no!" But there's little things that they do, like he just the uh, like. There's a scene at the end where uh, when he's in the when he's meeting with the lawyers for the FBI, right, and they're telling him what he's up against and offering him a deal and all that sort of stuff. But everything in this movie is designed to, for you to see it almost like puts you in the shoes of the, of Jordan Belford, right. And gets you like up in his face almost. And there's this great scene where, uh, the lawyer's talking and then it cuts away to, to DiCaprio and then it cuts back to the lawyer. And then when you come back to DiCaprio, it's the shot has dropped about three feet and it's almost like the camera's on the table. Right. And it's looking almost up DiCaprio's nose. And there's a box, like a box of evidence or something that is on the screen, like, 10% on the screen and DiCaprio pushes it out of the way to get like up in the, in the face of the camera. And it's just this, like, I, yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's insane. Like, it's just such cool attention to detail. Anyway, uh, all that to say, I'm going to go with an a minus and I'm going to be doing all kinds of review over the next week. As I look at my list and stuff, I honestly could end up bumping this to two, two grades either way. I just don't know exactly what to think of it. Cool. I'm gonna go A minus too, Brian. I'm gonna steal your Sweet. steal your thunder, Richard. A minus as well. A minus. Cool. So uh, yeah, like I said, we're gonna be talking about this one more. Uh, come up. It'll be hard to another one that's just even harder to decide uh, and narrow down this 2013 year of movies. Yeah. Uh, so anything else you guys want to mention for Wolf of Wall Street? Go don't see go see it if you're old. Don't, don't take your don't take your family to this. <laughs> yes. Don't yes. think. Well, I'm with my kids, so. Yeah, I yeah. can I can handle whatever they can handle right. with me in there. Don't just don't yeah. take your family to this movie. Um, don't with your parents. Don't do it. Right. Unless you're will, about to like you're you're looking to, to answer a lot of questions to your children. Yeah, um, and just want to open up a conversation. Don't take your kids to see this movie. And like if you're like, man, my parents are cool. I can see this with them. <laughs> No. I'm I'm sure they are, and mine are right. parents are too. But I'm not going to see this movie yeah. with it. There's just stuff in there that you just don't want to be sitting next to your no. parents while yeah. you watch together. It's just or maybe not... anybody. Honestly. Yeah, maybe sure. Just go see it by yourself. Yeah. There were, and that's one last thing I'll mention. There were some moments of this, and um, I understand what Mr. Squirrel says he is doing here. He is entertaining us. It's a it's a debaucherous film. You know, it's a. It's, it's, and it's an analyzation, if not celebration, of excess. But there were some parts that just uh, didn't add to the movie much, and uh, and other stuff. But um, overall, this is quite strong. And yeah, it's going to be hard to to uh, to narrow it down when it's when it's all said and done. Uh, so let's guys, let's move on. Let's uh, let's do weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. Uh, I'm going to recommend a. A TV series this week. 
and um, we might end up talking about this show more uh, come 2014. Uh, but the show is Flight of the Concords, <laughs> and I got the DVD set nice. for, for Christmas. Chris. It's yeah, it's a show that I always forget about. But, mm-hmm. but when I watch it, I just I'm like, why did I forget about this show? Why don't I like this? Why isn't this ever the first show I mention when I mention a list of great comedy yeah. shows? Um, wow, great Jemaine Marie present. Yeah, um, I saw them live. They were unbelievable oh, live. Really um, sweet. I saw them probably like gosh now like four or five years. I'm old. Yeah, um, it was no longer than that. Maybe six years ago. Shoot. Uh, the at uh, what is now Verizon Theater. Uh, really, really cool live show. Uh, highly, they're touring again because they were here with Dave Chappelle a couple months ago. Um, yeah. But uh, I highly recommend them live if you ever if you ever get the chance. Yeah, and um, they are they are still involved in Hollywood. Jermaine was uh, the the villain in the Men in Black Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who did a great job, I thought. And then, the other uh, one wrote uh, the Muppets. Brett McKenzie just yeah. won the Oscar for Man or Muppet uh, yeah, in right. 2012, I believe. Right. So, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll probably be talking about them more uh, when Muppets Most Wanted comes out uh, this coming uh, this coming spring. Talk about Mr. McKenzie especially. But what a great show, a fun show. Uh, really one of the most groundbreaking shows uh, as far as HBO goes. I mean, Curb and this and uh, Sopranos, you know, that was really what kind of kick-started uh, a lot of the Sex in the City, too. Um, we hate to acknowledge them, but they do exist. Uh, really, you know, uh, put HBO original programming on the on the map. So, uh, yeah. And Arliss. Don't forget Arliss. And Arliss. And Entourage, guys. <laughs> I hate Entourage. Oh my god! I've never mentioned that. I cannot stand Entourage. Oh, Entourage movies coming though. So, yeah. look forward to that. Uh, so yeah, my recommend this week is uh, Flight of the Concords. I'm gonna recommend the whole series. I got it on Amazon. Uh, it was a Black Friday deal, I believe. So yeah, just check it out. Good stuff. Uh, really fun stuff. So um, who who who's up next? Rich I got hand. one here, uh, Richard. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, an essay of. Dave Foster Wallace is in this this new thing of, of of essays that came out last year called Both Flesh and Both Flesh and Not, um, and it's actually an essay about Roger Federer, and oh. uh, it's one of the coolest bits of sports writing. I know Brian, you would love it. Um, Sweet, I love Fed. Yeah, I know. I'll get you a copy of it uh, so you can read it. It's, it's not bad. It's about thirty pages. It's it's a pretty Sweet. cool one, but uh, really cool stuff about what kind of makes tennis special especially live and as someone who lives in texas we don't get to see a lot of you know live tennis so uh reading about it is about as close as i can come so uh definitely uh definitely recommend that sweet brian yeah i'm just gonna very very quickly because i think we're gonna talk about this movie in a little bit but i saw a uh the secret life of walter mitty this last weekend right before i saw wolf of wall street which was the strangest double feature i've done in a while um way Way more f bombs in Walter Mitty than. Uh, <laughs> By the way, no. Wolf of Wall Street sets. Uh, I think it's uh, it sets the record for mo- like number eight for most f bombs in a movie or something. Wow, it's like yeah. almost two uh, two a minute throughout the entire movie. So I believe it. I That's, believe it. It's incredible stat. I never mentioned that. So sorry. Right. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're going to talk about this movie in a uh, next week or something if we get the opportunity. So I won't go full detail, but uh, I know critics have kind of been bashing on it and um, 
I really, uh, I really liked it. I, I, I'm surprised how much I, I enjoyed it actually. So, uh, go check it out. It's a, it's the antithesis of Wolf of Wall Street. You can totally take your family to it and have an enjoyable time at the theater and you won't have to answer any embarrassing questions or, uh, talk about quaaludes or anything like that. So, uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And the short story is cool too. I read that, uh, you posted that on Twitter, Richard, and I... Yep. Read it on my phone while I was at Family Christmas the other day. So nice. uh, James Thurber is awesome. If you like that, I've got a ton of James Thurber books sweet. in my Library yeah. of Congress. So <laughs> yeah, it was good. So check that out, and hopefully we're going to talk about that in a week or two. Absolutely, uh, Brian. Where can I uh, find you online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12. You can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Richard Barden. B A R D-O-N. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison, and you can find our show on the internet at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find our episodes on there. Find Weekly Recommends on there, and then contact the show on there as well. And you can also find links uh, to access the show uh, on networks such as iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Land, uh, and the like. Uh, Anything you guys want to mention before we get out of here for this week? You all. I love you all. And a happy Class new year. <laughs> Class Bye dismissed. Here, happy new year, guys. So we'll see uh we'll see you guys in twenty fourteen. How about that? That's right. Boom. Happy it's gonna be good. Uh and on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye.